Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I am the traffic anchor as well as the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Looper. And if you would like to be a part of the show, you could always give a call on the listener hotline, the number 303-832-0217. I also have all the contact links at the description of this fine show. Have you... Or do you usually buy travel insurance? I rarely do. I remember this one time I I booked a cruise, and so it was during hurricane season. It was a pretty expensive trip, and I thought, eh, I, I guess it, it, it seemed like it was a value at the time to buy it. I think it was a couple hundred dollars. Um, and, and <laughs> of course, uh, being me, didn't need the travel insurance, regretted the purchase the whole time, thinking, what could I have used that couple of hundred dollars for today on this ship or and this port or whatever? And it, 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 I don't know, it's almost a necessary evil in, in some instances. However, I'm bringing this up because travel insurance is something that is now being required if you want to visit several international countries, including many countries in the Caribbean. It's the first time I've actually heard about this requirement that these places that you want to go visit, I I think Jamaica's on the list and uh, Aruba and some other countries are on this list that they say, if you do not have this specialized, especially it's COVID travel insurance, if you don't have that, you can't come in here because we've heard the stories about people being uh, held up in Mexico or Jamaica or other countries where they test positive for COVID before going back to the United States. And then they're quarantined in those places, and they have to stay in these hotel rooms at higher prices than they probably booked the the trip with uh, for another 7, 10, 14 days. And that has been a big issue for for those countries trying to deal with the cost of uh, housing these people, or or these people have to pay for themselves, but at least dealing with uh, these COVID-related issues. And so it's the first time I've ever heard about this requirement. And I guess it does make sense. Um, so I, I, I would like to know more about this. So I've invited travel insurance expert Omar Kaiwan uh, to the show today. He's he's the head of growth and the co-founder of Goose Insurance out of Canada. And uh, he's going to be here on the show in just a few minutes. And I give him a call. Um, and we'll hook up with him in just a minute because I have a whole bunch of questions, not only about this, but also about travel insurance in general. Because you remember, uh, it wasn't but a couple weeks ago that uh, really over the holidays, mainly, that so many flights have been canceled because of usually it's weather. But now it's staffing issues across the airlines that are causing all kinds of people to be delayed or miss their flights or whatever. And they are sitting in an airport for a day or two or maybe three, and that's obviously a huge inconvenience to them. So it, it's it, it's interesting to uh, to talk travel insurance because I never really think it's <laughs> that fun of a topic. But uh, because of the uh, international news and and uh, all the travel disruptions that we've seen and spring break and summer travel, I think it's going to be off the hook this year. There's going to be so many people traveling. So I thought it was an interesting um topic. So uh, we'll talk to uh, Omar here in just a minute. But uh, first, I wanted to talk about the city of Athens, Greece. I saw this story that they are trying to make it easier for people to walk around and not be blocked by cars. Many European countries, as I've talked about with uh, some of the folks that we've uh, interviewed in the last couple of weeks uh, in those European countries, they, they tend to walk more, bike more than people in the United States. And in Athens, Greece, they've installed 830 of these smart sensors at these uh, pedestrian little uh, crossing areas to put an end, they say, to illegal parking. People are parking right up to the area where you're supposed to be crossing the street. And so they want to improve the conditions for people who are going to be uh, walking, or those, especially those people might be in a wheelchair or have other uh, walking impediments mobility impairments, that sort of thing, and uh, allow them to cross the street without some, you know, jerkwad parking his, his car or her car in, in a bad spot. Usually it's a his car, <laughs> right? Now, whenever a vehicle is parked on a pedestrian ramp or crossing that's equipped with one of these sensors, the sensor will automatically alert a control center, and then that sends a message to a 
uh, mobile device that a police officer would be wearing with who, who might be within, let's say, 500 meters from where that person illegally parked. So that way the cop can go, ah, there's there's a, a scoff law afoot and <laughs> it gets it gets over and, and takes a look at the situation. Now, I was reading that the mayor of Athens, whose name I will not attempt to pronounce because I would just brutalize it. So <laughs> we'll just skip the mayor of Athens name. But that person said in a statement, by installing sensors on the crossing and ramps, we seek to put an end to anti-social parking and the indifference and lack of respect towards people with disabilities, the elderly, parents with children. This is the largest preventative parking program ever implemented in the country and for a valuable tool that strengthens our efforts to ensure accessibility and to transform Athens into a sustainable and functional city, a city without barriers and barriers which offer equal opportunities to all. Unquote. Um, I've never heard of antisocial parking, but I think what the mayor means is parking like a jackass. Uh, that's probably more like what the mayor wanted to say and say you can't park like a jerk and you just need to watch where you're parking so people can cross the street if they need to. Uh, this is the first time I, I have heard that term anti-social parking used in this official way. I guess it's also like blocking a couple of parking spots in uh, at the Walmart parking lot, right? Parking like a jerk. Installation of smart parking sensors is one of several actions Athens is implementing to improve the conditions for walking. They're also starting the largest sidewalk restoration project since the 2004 Olympics. And according to the plan, by the summer of 2023, so what, by next summer, a little over a year from now, a total of 410 new modern and safe sidewalks will be completed, which will radically change the appearance of the city, they say. The project with a budget of 24 million euros will see the sidewalks in Athens more friendly and safe for pedestrians by removing obstacles, widening sidewalks, adding greenery, and improving the quality of paving. In addition to adding greenery, the use of cold materials for paving, such as marble, cement slabs, and concrete tiles, will help keep the surrounding area cool during the warm day. So that's a good idea. And I love sidewalks. And I do think that sidewalks are underrated, and they should be wider. In most American cities, uh, in the city I live in, the, the, the they make the regular narrow sidewalks. If they really want to get people to walk, encourage people to get out there and, and, and walk around wherever they're going to walk, have a wider sidewalk. Put it right away from the road. Instead of having a sidewalk right next to a street, put it away a little bit and make it a little bit friendlier and uh, nicer to walk on, right? I, I It just seems logical to me if you have... If you incentivize a nice place for people to walk, more people are going to walk there. If you make it unattractive, skinny, right next to a road where you have cars whizzing by you, you're less apt to walk there. So good for you, Athens. Uh, After two long years of travel disruptions caused by the pandemic, most international borders have reopened, but traveling abroad this spring or summer may require more than a passport and a plane ticket. More than a dozen countries, including Belize, Aruba, Jamaica, Costa Rica, recently implemented travel insurance requirements for international visitors to cover COVID-19 medical expenses and other quarantine-related costs. But requirements vary by country, so it can be tough to know what type of coverage you would need to purchase for your trip. Joining me now is travel insurance expert Omar Kaiwan, head of growth and co-founder for Goose Insurance. Omar, thanks so much for being here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. So, Omar, and, and, and I do say it's world-famous because I am speaking to you from Vancouver, British Columbia. You are. I'm calling you in from, uh, from, from Vancouver, Canada. And how is uh, the traffic now? So it sounds like you're driving. So how is the traffic up in Vancouver these days? Uh, traffic is getting a little bit uh, uh, busier day by day. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm currently driving, but I will be, stop, uh, I'll be stopping in about a minute or two. So, uh, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, it is, it is, let's just put it this way, that, you know, when the pandemic was sort of, you know, full lockdown, there was no traffic, but now as, uh, 
things are getting somewhat back to normal here in Vancouver. It is getting a little bit busy. Yeah, and it's been a little bit slower for you folks up in Canada. We've obviously been hearing about some of the issues in Canada uh, with the truckers, but that's on the uh, eastern side of the of the country. But still, I think city to city, whether it's you know in Calgary or uh, Edmonton, Ottawa, I, I mean any of them, even there in Vancouver, you're probably seeing more folks returning back to the office and probably hitting the roadways. Absolutely. We're getting to somewhat of a, of a, of a normal, although, you know, um, we're still kind of having our precautions and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, it is a new normal, whether it's uh, going back to the office or traveling. It is, it, is, it is what it is at this point. So we just have to adapt. Right. And before we get into some of my travel insurance related questions, I'm just interested in how you got into this business. What made you want to start a travel insurance business? Well, that's a great question. Thank you for, for asking that. I come from a, a mobile background myself, uh, mobile growth, mobile marketing, uh, technical background. Um, my fellow partner and co-founder of the company, Dion Markovich, uh, he comes from an insurance. He actually was part of another um, home insurance um, uh, company called Square One. And, you know, he reached out to me about this idea because you know, really came from the essence of the fact that insurance is, seems to be very paper-based, um, very much agent-driven. Um, a lot of people don't understand what they're buying, whether it's travel insurance, whether it's life insurance, whether it's, you know, a medical insurance, whatever the case may be. Um, and we wanted to simplify that entire process. We wanted to put the power back in the consumer's hand, give them a sort of the best-of-breed insurance product that they can buy you know, in, in seconds, if not minutes, and it's readily available for them whenever they need it. So that's the idea behind Goose, and that's how we started uh, this whole uh, this whole business. Is this the first time, as we transition now, talking about some of the travel-related insurance issues, is this the first time that you have seen countries and specific countries requiring visitors to have some kind of travel insurance? Because it is for me. Um, to some extent, I mean, um, it's always been recommended for people to actually buy travel medical insurance, uh, whether COVID or not. Um, Pre-COVID, there were about 100 million U.S. residents that traveled internationally every year, and less than 4% of them actually had any kind of travel medical insurance to protect them should something happen to them while they're outside of the country. Another fun fact is also that a lot of people don't know is that when you are traveling outside of your home state or outside of your health network, you may not actually have any coverage uh, for medical. So, you know, this is if you go to GoFundMe.com and you even search these horror, horrifying travel stories where people have gone to Mexico or have gone to, you know, uh, anywhere just for a family vacation that they've been looking forward to and they've had a bad accident, whether it's been a fall on the stairs or, you know, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, and they are responsible for those medical bills because, you know, um, they're, they don't have insurance to cover them. So it's always, always recommended. But this pandemic uh, COVID-19 sort of piece has come into play for a lot of countries because they have been, their medical systems have been burdened. Um, they are dealing with their own sort of hospitalizations and things like that. So now it's becoming a requirement for people to actually show adequate proof of coverage before they enter the country. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of becoming an official piece. Uh, and, you know, Belize and Aruba and all these and a few other countries have kind of taken the first step. Um, but the countries in the Caribbean, for example, this entire pandemic um, Anybody who wanted to travel to the Caribbean countries like Turks and Caicos, you had to show, show adequate proof of COVID-19 insurance specifically that covered you for meals and accommodations, uh, COVID-19 medical um, uh, coverage should you need it. Um, so uh, there were already some countries that were doing it, but I guess it is becoming more of a norm. And we will see more and more countries um, in the near future making this a requirement for anybody visiting them. I'm speaking with Omar Kaiwan. He's the head of growth and co-founder for Goose Insurance. We're talking about travel insurance, especially to some countries that are requiring it uh, based on COVID-19 issues. What was the issue before these insurance requirements? Basically, were travelers not able to just uh, stay in the country uh, and deal with ha- having some kind of a positive COVID test and being able to get out? Is that why these countries are now requiring this insurance? 
No, a lot of these countries are requiring it because they don't want they don't want these people coming into the country to be there to be burden on their medical system because you know a lot of people go and they can't afford if somebody's hospitalized for COVID nineteen and need an oxygen tank at a very minimum you're probably looking at anywhere between a hundred to hundred and fifty thousand dollars in cost so these these countries that they're as they're opening up because they do want to kind of you know, get their travel and tourism industry back on track. Uh, this is just a precautionary measure that they're putting in uh, for people. Um, the the COVID-19 positive piece is, is an important piece, but if somebody does test positive um, and they can't come back home in whichever their country and they have to self-isolate. Now, if you do have insurance and insurance does cover you for quarantine benefits, which is meals and accommodations specifically, then you can probably claim for it and actually get coverage. Uh, otherwise, you're responsible for, you know, uh, paying the nightly hotel rate wherever you're staying and, um, and basically self-isolating for 5, 7, 10, or even up to 14 days, depending on the country you're visiting in. And would that be the same for the medical? So let's say someone uh, came down with COVID, they they really were getting sick and they had to go to a hospital, then they would have to pay out of pocket for all of their medical expenses? Or does that country uh, pick up the cost? No, the country wouldn't pick up the costs um, um, for, the, for the person traveling uh, to that country as well. And just like similarly in the United States, if somebody's coming into the United States from Canada, let's just say, and they don't have travel medical insurance, United States uh, will, obviously, the hospital that they're going to will treat them, but they are responsible for those medical bills, and that the, the hospital can go after them if they don't pay um, because they have to pay for that out of, out of pocket. Um, so that's exactly how it works in the U.S. for people who are visiting U.S., uh, and similarly, that's how it's going to work for a U.S. Uh, uh, citizen or a resident traveling outside of the U.S. in another country. If I'm on a trip, how difficult is it to get that help I need, and how difficult would it be if I did have insurance to get the benefit uh, to help me? So uh, I end up in the hospital, and I need help at that point. How, how difficult is it to work with an insurance company or your you know policy provider to uh, get the help you need? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, insurance is there to be to uh, insurance is meant to be there for you when, the, when you really need it. And that's where it's the time for an insurance policy to shine, essentially. Um, so I can't really speak of, of other insurance policies out there, but if you do purchase from Goose, um, we're not an insurance site. We're not an insurance sort of broker site or, or comparison site. You buy a Goose policy that we work very closely with carriers and underwriters across U.S. to create. Um, if you are needing help and you have an, ins- an active insurance policy, all the phone numbers, 24-hour claim center support is directly from the app. So uh, you can call them directly from the app, and they're literally a tap away. Um, the nice thing about you know having an insurance policy, whether it be from Goose or somewhere else, is that most of these travel insurance companies actually have a global network of hospitals that they work with directly. So if you call us and you need help and you need to go to see a hospital, um, one of the claims agents will be able to assist you uh, give you the closest sort of hospital that there's a direct uh, billing with um, that you can go to, which means that, you know, when you go there and you seek medical attention, you may not necessarily be needing to pay out of pocket and then come home and claim for it. So it's, it's all direct billing and you get the get, uh, you get the help that you need. So there are a lot of benefits in that sense, because especially think about it, if you're in a country that you can't speak the language of, uh, for example, you're visiting France and you don't speak French uh, and you need help, and you don't have insurance and you don't have anybody to rely on, what do you do in that situation? Whereas if you do have an insurance company that you work with and, and you have bought travel insurance from, you can call them and, and, and they can help you get the help that you need. And, and with Goose, it's literally a phone call away uh, directly from the Goose Insurance app. You know, it's interesting because I, I was just looking at the uh, Goose Insurance website, gooseinsurance.com, And there is a section in there for travel insurance and then a subsection for COVID-19 insurance. And I've always seen travel insurance as a per-trip add-on. When I've booked a cruise or booked airline tickets, they give you an option to, hey, do you want to have some of the travel insurance as part of this trip? But your COVID-19 insurance is a $175 per year fee, well, as low as. That was interesting to see that is 
it's a per year policy more than a per trip policy. Is that pretty standard for, for this kind of insurance? Yes. Um, so typically for travel, uh, specifically, we're dealing with two different types of policies. There is the one-time leisure traveler who goes on a trip, let's just say once per year, and that's all they do. And then there's traveler who does more frequent traveling, whether it be for business or whether it be for, 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 for personal. And for them, it's a better value essentially to purchase a what we call a multi-trip annual policy, which means that it covers you for uh, depending on the plan that you buy and who you buy it from. But, you know, in this particular case with the COVID-19 insurance, you can you can travel unlimited times as long as your trips are 30 days or less. And that policy for $175 will cover you. And the reason why we separated the COVID-19 policy from our core medical policy was also because some people have insurance already through their extended um, or, or through their health network, sorry, or, or health plan, I should say. So, uh, you know, for them to kind of pay again for, for the core medical and all they need is COVID-19 wasn't necessarily um, fair, I should say, or, or ideal. So we've just created a separate product that, you know, resonates for people who already have some sort of core medical plan in place and they just need to top it up with COVID-19, as well as people who don't have any and they can buy the COVID-19 as well as the medical policy from Goose Insurance's uh, app uh, separately. So that's, that's, that's kind of the reasoning. And, and we'll speak more to general travel insurance in just a second, but sticking with just the COVID policies, what is the minimums and, and what is it supposed to cover separate from a general travel insurance policy? So general travel insurance policy typically covers you for accidents, unexpected events, um, medical, uh, kind of the general medical emergencies. Uh, like I said, let's just say you, you're, you're, you're out in, in um, sort of south of France going for a walk and you're on a beach and all of a sudden there's a broken bottle on the beach and you get a cut and you don't, and, and somehow that happens, you had an accident. You know, go to the hospital and you need medical attention and you need to be stitched up. If you do have a medical travel, medical policy, it will cover you for all costs associated with that. If the COVID-19 specifically covers you, as the name says, for COVID-19 or, in fact, any pandemic, world pandemic that has been declared by WHO, um, and it covers you for medical emergencies relating to that. So let's just say if you are on a trip and you have COVID, you, you get COVID-19 and you test positive and it severely impacts you and you need to be hospitalized and you need an oxygen tank or, God forbid, you need to go to ICU for a couple of days, this particular policy will cover you for uh, all things related to uh, COVID-19. This policy has also been kind of built in to have all the different aspects of COVID-19. So that is the medical piece. It also has quarantine benefits like meals and accommodations. So let's just say that you test positive and you're visiting uh, another country and you can't come back home and you need to self-isolate for another five days before you can get on a plane and come home. This policy will cover you for that. Or let's just say that you have a trip booked and your airfare is non-defundable, obviously, and that country makes makes a last-minute decision to shut down the borders and you can't fly there, and you, this policy will cover you for the non-refundable portion of your airfare. Or let's just say that you test positive uh, uh, and you get COVID prior to your departure and you can't go, um, this policy will also come in play and give you a refund for the non-refundable portion of your uh, trip cost. So there's a lot of benefits for this COVID-19 specific policy uh, that is obviously COVID-19 related. <laughs> yeah, and, and this must be happening when I say this. I mean, uh, issues with COVID, as you were mentioning, whether you can't get on the plane or you get to your destination, like you were uh, even going to Hawaii, where they had a requirement where you had to have the COVID test right after you, you get there and if or, or quarantine for 14 days during, I think last year they had uh, that requirement and some of these other countries have had requirements similar to that. So it must be happening enough times to have this uh, traveler requirement uh, in these other countries so they don't have the headache of dealing with COVID. Exactly. That's exactly it. That's absolutely, you're absolutely right because every single country in the world is wanting to get their travel and tourism back in play and invite people to, to, to come and visit them because travel and tourism has taken the hardest hit of any other industry in, in during this pandemic. 
So whether it be airlines, hotels, resorts, whatever local restaurants, whatever you want to whatever you want to consider within that category. So most of these government entities are trying to get people back in, but they also want to be cautious because they don't want to be over kind of uh, burdening themselves with 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 COVID cases and and high hospitalization rates and 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 costs essentially that they have to they have to uh, cough up. So that's why they're making this travel medical insurance uh, a requirement. I'm speaking with Omar Kaiwan. He is the head of growth and co-founder of Goose Insurance. We're talking about COVID-19 travel-related insurance. Uh, obviously, Goose Insurance, You, as we talked about, you folks are selling this specialized insurance as well as general uh, travel insurance. But are other travel insurance companies offering these specialized COVID-19 policies uh, separate from general travel insurance? There are some co- there are some companies that are starting to offer that as well. Um, they don't unfortunately sell it as a standalone product where consumers can go and buy it if they have it. Um, they they kind of carve it out, but they have to buy their base policy. Um, there are many providers, uh, many different variances. Um, also, uh, consumers also have to remember that insurance policies are different from one provider to the other, and each and every single insurance policy has some sort of an exclusion or limitation clause or, um, you know, limits uh, that it kind of operates in. So um, every policy is different. We are seeing some additional providers who are offering or who are trying to offer similar products uh, than us. Um, but, you know, we do ask every consumer, whether they buy an insurance policy from Goose or anywhere else, to review what those overall benefits are, limits are, uh, exclusions are, uh, if they're unclear about, you know, the policy and what it actually covers and what or, or their situation might be really unique, um, is to always ask to speak to a licensed agent as well and just make sure that you're protecting yourself with the right policy uh, because if something does happen and you need help and it's not covered in a policy, that's, a, that's not necessarily the greatest situation. So um, the consumers, it, it is up to them to ensure that they get the right coverage. And one of the best ways to do that is to speak to a licensed agent um, and ask the tough questions and make sure that the policy that you're purchasing meets the needs uh, that you have for, for your trip. And I was reading through some of the policy as it relates to the COVID-19 travel insurance, and it was interesting but also understandable that the coverage for people under 64 costs much less than for the folks who are over 70 or over 80, uh, as they are the ones that are more susceptible to having ill effects from testing positive or, or getting COVID. Yeah, and that's not necessarily just for COVID-19. Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's across the board. I mean, um, insurance, you know, for example, uh, unfortunately for people who consume tobacco or, or smoke uh, versus who don't, the rates are different. Uh, as we get older, uh, it is very natural for all of us to, uh, you know, have uh, or, or be more susceptible to medical conditions and, and, and things like that. So the risk is a little bit higher. Um, so that's primarily why the rates are a little bit different uh, based on age. And just like life insurance, in fact, you know, the, the, the cheaper it is, is when you're the younger you are. And as you get older, it gets more expensive. So um, insurance kind of works and operates similarly from, from that perspective. And it is pretty normal across uh, all kind of personal life and, and health products. By the way, I, I was reading through that uh, policy, and how, how many lawyers did it take to write that thing? It must have been a fleet of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, unfortunately, this is, that is that is part of the the, the it's, it's a very personal uh, contract, essentially, um, and you know it is it has to be clearly outlined and written, and it may have taken one or two many lawyers to get it done, but uh, that is there, and that's for every single insurance policy that you purchase, no matter where. Yeah. No matter where you buy it from. <laughs> in, yeah. in general, travel insurance is a necessary evil. I, I purchased travel insurance once. It was for a cruise years and years ago. Uh, we were going to leave right in the middle of the heart of uh, hurricane season. It was a pretty active season. And I, I didn't like paying that cost. Uh, but the reason I got it is because, at, at least for me, it it felt like it was a good hedge on a heavy bet that there was going to be a hurricane maybe canceling the trip and it was a lot of money involved there and then also for me it's 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 hard for me to get time off of work so it, it 
became an issue because if I can't take my time off at a certain time, then then I, I'd have to reschedule it. Just it, it's a hassle for me to take time off again and reschedule everything. Uh, I ended up not needing the insurance. It was basically regretting my purchase the entire time of the trip, thinking I could have used those several hundred dollars for fun activities on the trip. Um, but that has to probably be a typical feeling for most younger travelers, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, perhaps. Uh, I think that is that there is, unfortunately, travel insurance, the value hasn't been necessarily realized by a lot of consumers just yet, even though we are dealing with so many things. I mean, COVID-19 in itself and the country's making a requirement is this latest topic that we're talking about. But just this past year in 2021, and even in early 2022 so far, we've seen a number of airlines who are dealing with shortage of staff, they're dealing with flight cancellations, flight delays, weather-related issues, and so on and so forth. And we've seen thousands and thousands of people who have been stranded at airports and sleeping on the airport floors. And unfortunately, most of the majority of those people don't have any kind of adequate insurance, whether it be for, med- for medical or protecting their trip, because they, most travel policies, and especially the ones that you buy from Goose, actually do have you know, benefits if your flight is delayed substantially or if your flight is canceled uh, and you need to get back home and so on and so forth. So um, we got to realize that for the money that we pay, which is really not a lot for a travel medical or trip protection plan, um, to kind of fly or, or travel with peace of mind, it, it's it's really it's 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 really worth it because, you know, uh, God forbid if something happens while everybody else is calling and there's thousands of people who are calling an airline to try to rebook themselves or whatever, you could be dealing with your insurance company who can find you a flight or with another carrier or get you a hotel or give you a voucher to get a hot meal while you're at airport waiting for your flight to board. So there are other benefits as well that people do need to kind of realize and consider when they're traveling, especially uh, at these times, because there's a lot of things that are unfortunately working against us. <laughs> right. But, but obviously you have a dog in this race. I mean, you sell travel insurance, so you believe the cost of coverage is obviously well worth the risk of not needing the insurance if you uh, if you end up not needing it. Absolutely. I mean, every single time I travel with my family, uh, even before, you know, we started um, Goose and, and be, sort of being heavily invested in, in the travel piece, we never traveled outside of Canada um, without any kind of travel insurance. I mean, um, I know one too many stories of unfortunate scenarios where people, you know, I live I live in Vancouver, as you mentioned at the beginning about podcasts, where we're literally two hours, an hour, 45 minutes away from Seattle, one of my favorite cities to go and visit. And I know one too many people who have gone in uh, to the other side of the border just for a day to pick up their favorite cheese or, or spend a day. And they got into a car accident and, you know, they needed medical attention and had to be hospitalized for six or seven days. And they're responsible for, you know, thousands of dollars in medical bills. Uh, and, and they came home and if they had travel medical insurance even for just that one day it would have not made the experience sort of as painful as it was because now they got hurt their car got totaled and now they're responsible for paying their medical fees but my credit card has some of those benefits right Uh, isn't it included in uh my american express when i go buy my airline tickets and then i i pay with my uh american express the bags and I pay those bag fees, so don't I get extra uh, travel insurance benefits from the credit card I'm using? Well, it really depends on the type of credit card you have. I mean, some credit cards that are pretty up there with really high annual rates, yes, uh, I think some of them do cover uh, some of these scenarios, and some of them might actually have really good coverage for medical as well. But everybody's different, and every card is different. So consumers can always contact their credit card company to see what they would offer, you got to remember that, you know, when you when insurance is added onto your credit card, they're not necessarily added specifically for Jason. They're added for Jason, Omar, and plus, you know, thousand other people. So they don't really understand the medical risks. They don't understand what the coverage would be. So they, they make it the bare minimum just to add it as a benefit for you as a cardholder. And then understandably so, whereas you're when you're buying a particular policy for Jason, you know, you're asking the right questions, you're getting the coverage that you need that is relevant to you and your trip. 
Um, and, you know, some of these credit cards do have some very, very strong exclusions. I know of credit card companies that only covers two or three days of travel. Well, if you're going for a seven-day trip or a 10-day trip, you don't have coverage. Or they only cover people up to the age of 60. And if you are a cardholder who is 61 and you're traveling and you're dependent on that credit card, you're not covered. So people do need to read and understand what these exclusions exclusions are with their credit card company and um, uh, and, and and sort of figure that piece out. But it's not recommended to rely on your credit card unless you're 100% sure. I'm speaking with Omar Kaiwan, the head of growth and co-founder of Goose Insurance, as we talk about travel insurance and COVID-19 uh, insurance for some countries. You mentioned that fine print. You mentioned that at basically the the bottom of every whether it's a credit card or even these insurance policies that I see on Goose or other places there's always that little type at the very bottom of every policy that says conditions and exclusions may apply uh, i think maybe that's why some people become skeptical that they're actually going to get the help they need when they need it most yeah and and that's that's fair enough that's why it's really recommended uh for people to read the policy wording and that's what we do at goose where we make it very uh sort of easily accessible it's on our website um i know you're looking at it right now if you go to the website there's an entire policy wording section where you can go and and download the policy wording and review the benefits it's also available within the goose insurance app you can also call us and speak to a a licensed agent uh and ask them about the policy wording and ask them about the the the, um sort of what the coverage or exclusions might be and and disclose to them what your personal situation is and, and whether this policy will be able to help you or not so um, that is sort of uh, one of the pieces where we want to make it this information readily available for people, um, you know, who want to just have a, a read at it and review it before they purchase. So let's say I go visit Jamaica or I go visit some other country, uh, wherever, and I am sick or I get hurt and I do have the travel insurance and I'm in the hospital and they need to treat me for... Uh, I don't know, a broken leg that's a pretty compound fracture, so I'll probably have to have surgery. Does that coverage only pay for my treatment when I'm in those countries and I would have to rely on those doctors to do the surgery? Or could I fly back to the United States, use that coverage to get back here to the United States, and then go see my doctor and go see my surgeon and get it set and still have the policy pay out? Yeah, so um, again, it's just, you know, depending on where you're traveling and what type of policy you have and who you have it purchased. Um, You know, our policies do come with medical uh, repatriation, which means that if you fractured your ankle severely and you need to have an operation right away and it's medically necessary, it will happen in the country that you're in, and then you will get flown back home, um, you know, uh, because there's medical repatriation components to it as well to to get you home safely and comfortably, and then as soon as you're home, then, you know, you can deal with your own medical doctor and kind of get the treatment that you need uh, back in the United States. Um, and you know, if and and then again, this is this is when you're back in the United States. It really depends if you have a health plan or you don't, um, and what the situation might be in that in that particular case. I mean, this is why insurance is really hard to generalize because everybody in each situation might be different. So if you already have a medical plan, health medical plan, that's gonna and you're or you're part of Medicare, that may already kick in and and start. If not, this this insurance policy will will, will come into play. But the core purpose of the travel medical insurance policy is to cover you when you're traveling outside of the United States or outside of your health network. Because as soon as you're back in your health network or outside of your or, or within your home state, then you know your your first your core medical plan will 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 take over and be responsible. It's interesting that uh, at least you can go through different coverages if you need them, whether it's multi-trip medical insurance or trip cancellation inter- interruption. So if you think, let, let's say we had all those problems during the holidays and you're traveling just domestically where your, lo- your regular health insurance is going to cover you. But if I'm flying during the holidays, as we saw with all the different travel disruptions, whether it was weather or staffing, all the different issues, and we could have maybe similar issues coming up with spring break. So this is not just tra- these this travel insurance policies aren't just for international travel. They can be helpful, I would suppose, in even domestic travel. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, there's domestic plans as well. I mean, people who, let's just say that you are uh, from the state of California and you want to go to spring break from to Florida and your health plan only covers you within the borders of your your uh, home state or only 200 kilometers outside of your home or 200 miles, sorry, I should say. That's the Canadian in me, I guess. Um, <laughs> then... Um, then, uh, you know, you may not necessarily have the coverage if you're in Florida with your family for spring break. And if your child has an accident and you need to get medical attention, you need to have your own um, travel medical policy, even if you're traveling within the United States. So, you know, for people who are already part of a health plan, the first thing that I tell them is review what your coverage is, because you can't buy something unless you know what you really need to buy. So, So review what you have with your current health plan look at the coverages, um, and then based on that, make a decision what you need to kind of close the gap to give you sort of that full, uh, you know, 360 protection. This is going to be almost like an economist kind of question, because I've always heard economists say to me, it's not a matter of what you want, it's a matter of what you want more. So what in your opinion, is more important if I'm flying domestically, let's say for spring break from anywhere uh, to, let's say, Florida or Arizona, something like that, to bring a medical policy or to bring a trip cancellation interruption policy? In my personal opinion, uh, being a father of two small children, always the medical. Uh, Because here's the thing. Um, If your flight is canceled or delayed, um, whatever the case may be, there might be some sort of recourse available from the airline. And in most cases, if they're having a significant issue, um, they are responsible for at least rebooking you. So it will cause you some inconvenience. And the trip protection really, when you're buying this insurance, what you're saying is, you know, I want to have, should something happen with my airline, I want a convenient way of, 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 of recourse and getting some benefits back. When it comes to medical, you know, if you don't have the insurance, you are going to be responsible for those medical bills one way or the other. So it's, and, and here's, and, and medical is going to be far more expensive than, let's just say, a $1,000 airfare that you're going to, that you're going to purchase. So protect yourself medical, because just in the United States, just for people, and I know this because I'm a Canadian and I do travel to U.S. quite a bit, and we do have, you know, uh, uh, an app that, you know, operates both in U.S. and Canada. And an average hospital bed, bed in the United States alone is about 12500 So this does not include sort of, you know, the, the, the actual medical practitioner attention that you're going to require, whether it be medication, whether it be the doctor, and so on and so forth. And outside of the U.S. and Canada, you're looking at about 6,000. Europe is around 5,500. Um, U.K. is probably around 4,000 pounds per night if you do need to go stay and occupy a hospital bed. So protect yourself medically. Um, we're dealing, you know, with the situation, especially right now with COVID, um, that it's super important to, to be medically protected, even if you're flying and, and traveling domestically. As well as, you know, um, accidents happen all the time. I mean, uh, you trip and fall, like I said, you break your leg or, 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 or you get into some sort of a, a, another accident and you need to get medical attention. You want to be make sure that if that scenario does happen, you don't pay anything out of pocket. And, and so you do have to pay, though, because we've always heard, at least in the United States, how great the uh, medical care is up in Canada or in some European countries, because you either have no cost or very low cost medical care, but it wouldn't be the same for a traveler coming from another country into Canada or some of the uh, countries, let's Scandinavian countries there in Europe. Absolutely. I mean, even with Canada, I mean, the rules are changing. If you live in the province of Ontario and you're traveling to another province, you, you know, your provincial medical plan will not cover you outside of your, your home province. So it's very similar in that sense, the United States. Um, you know, but regardless, when a Canadian travels outside of their home province, they are responsible for medical fees and medical bills. And the government of Canada officially highly recommends for every single Canadian to ensure that they have medical coverage when they're traveling outside of the country because the Canadian government is not responsible. And similarly goes for, for U.S. residents. You know, your health provider, your health insurance provider is not responsible outside of the jurisdiction that they 
they they give you the the insurance and the coverage for. So if you're going into another country, uh, you you don't have medical coverage, so you need to make sure that you you know uh, get that policy. And it's really again, I think affordability is a a, a misnomer for for lack of a better word, and and it's just. You know, if you're going to Europe and spending $1,500 on an airfare to buy a $175 COVID-19 policy or a $50 core medical policy, it's really you're looking at about 10 to 15% of your just airfare cost, not not your hotel, not your meals and accommodation and everything else that you're going to spend. I think for that additional 10% spend uh, that you're going to spend out of pocket to travel with, with peace of mind and also knowing that, God forbid, something happens and you need to get medical attention, in my opinion, is worth it. Again, uh, you might say that your opinion is biased because you're in the business, but you know I'm also talking from a consumer's perspective. You know, like last thing I want is 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 to spend thousands of dollars on a trip and then go to a hospital and spend another seventy thousand dollars because my I, I broke my leg and I needed an operation and I need to be hospitalized and get a cast on and so on and so forth. I am speaking with Omar Kaiwan, the head of growth and the co-founder of Goose Insurance. We're talking about travel insurance, and in just the last uh, minute or so that we have left with you, what should it cost? You just mentioned some of the costs, and it about fifteen, ten percent or so of your of just your airline fee. Is that basically how I should be looking at it? Should I be looking at it like uh, the cost of a of a tip when I go to a restaurant? Why? There are some, I know, websites uh, and insurance companies that uh, are a lot more expensive than others. So also, does the does the cheapest one leave me with the least amount and the worst coverage that I could get? Um, maybe, perhaps. I mean, that's a good question because everybody's medical situation is different. Uh, again, it's important to review what the benefits are, exclusions, and limitations of each policy that you're purchasing. Um, in terms of cost, again, if you are a little bit older, it's going to probably cost you more than that 10%. But for most people who are under the age of 60, you know, um, if you are traveling within the United States, you're looking at about, you know, uh, domestically for a 10-day trip, anywhere between 45 to, let's just say, $50 or $60 or something along those lines. Um, and if you're traveling internationally, um, again, it really depends on how long you're going for. Um, but yeah, I would, I would, you know, I would say probably 10 to 15% of your total trip cost, uh, you might want to consider for insurance, but I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the case because if you're going on a huge luxurious safari to South Africa, then you're spending $30,000 on that. Uh, hopefully you're not going to need $30,000 worth of insurance. So it's, 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 it's a bit hard to gauge, but you know, it is, it is affordable and for the value and the peace of mind that you get, it, in, in my humble opinion, it's totally worth it. But those hippos are pretty unpredictable, and I hear they are pretty dangerous. Absolutely. There you go. So, <laughs> so that's one more reason to ensure you get it. And that, but in that scenario, you know, your, trip, your, your travel insurance policy might just be less than 1% of your trip cost, right? <laughs> exactly. And then you get to quite the story talking about how you were attacked by a hippo. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and was that per person, like the $50, would that be per person or per family? If Let's say I'm traveling with my family of four. Yeah, I think uh, for some policies, like the COVID-19 policy, we do have a family plan, um, you know, which, which covers the parents and the kids under the age of 21. Uh, the medical plan uh, plans that we have at Goose are individual plans, um, so you are kind of looking at an individual pricing. Um, so it really depends, again, on the policy that you buy and how old are your kids, uh, of course, because so that plays also a role. Well, that was uh, some enlightening information, Omar. I appreciate all your insight, your candor, and... Uh, uh, all the information that you provided for us. Omar Kaiwan, the head of growth and the co-founder for Goose Insurance. Thanks so much for uh, being here and all your uh, insight. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Again, if you would like to get some more info from Omar, their website is gooseinsurance.com. Goose like the bird that attacks you at the park. Uh, that kind of goose. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe you could get goose insurance from goose insurance in case... A goose attacks you at the park. <laughs> uh, they do have some, some sharp little teeth, those guys. And they're also quite aggressive. Uh, they seemingly have no fear, too. Have you noticed that? Gooses and geeses, they, they have no fear and will attack you at will. <laughs> uh, I'm going on a spring break trip here to South Carolina in March. Uh, no, I do not have travel insurance. My one concern, though, is that in Colorado, we can get some pretty big snows in March. March and April are actually our snowiest months, and it can shut down the airport, um, but it's a risk I'm willing to take, 
And and I do have some travel disruption coverage, I think, through my American Express. I honestly, it's the only reason I have my American Express card, because I put all my travel on it. I always buy my airline tickets and bag fees and uh, all that stuff and, and car rental, because it covers a bunch of travel disruptions and lost or damaged bags. And I actually have a separate policy that costs me, there's a set fee um, and I can't remember what it is, 25, 30, what it's a, it's a, just a, there's a set fee anytime I rent a car and it pays for total damage coverage. So it's not like you have on your regular credit card, uh, they're going to supplement your home policy that you have, or your, uh, you know, your regular auto policy that would cover your rental car. So you don't have to pay the 30 bucks or whatever it is a day, uh, for the insurance companies that, that, that they want to charge you, which is totally ridiculous. It, it's crazy how much they want want to charge people um but that is this whole separate charge that that covers me whether i rent a car for a day or a week or or whatever and it it, it is really a good coverage uh through american express through american express um and, and you know what it, it also bugs me that whenever you go to a rental car place and they want to charge you for roadside assistance uh, what <laughs> if your car breaks down it should be their responsibility to fix it right now, if I put diesel in a gas engine, then I, I can see how that's my problem, and maybe I should fix it, but it's it's their car, and when it stops working, or, or, or it has a flat tire, not not because, maybe they should come out and help, that I don't need to pay 10 or 12 or 15 or whatever, I don't know how much they charge for the roadside assistance, but I think it's another, a total scam by the rental car people. Another scam, do not ever, never, ever buy the gas up front unless you're on a corporate thing and you really don't care and you're willing to pay, what is it, $45 a gallon, something like that. It's not worth it. Always fill it up before you go back to the car rental place because you'll never, ever just drain it. You'll always be paying for some gas that you won't use because let's say the let's say the tank holds 15 gallons. You're never going to just coast in there on empty and use up all 15 gallons, you'll, re you'll, you'll even if you got down to three gallons, you're still paying extra money for the gas that you didn't use. So fill it up and give it back to them with the gas that you did use. That friendly tip by me, your friendly neighborhood traffic guy. Yay. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, thanks again for listening. Thanks for being here. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the traffic guy. Be safe. And as always, happy motoring.